from the Xfinity Studios at WVON. We're your original social media. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. day going it's uh, it's nine o'clock so it's been new year's for about a day and a half well a day and three quarters but can you believe it we are here 2020 it's a new decade as some say others say that uh it's a new decade after 2021 i know we had that debate in our family um some family time on new year's day um you know one of my sons, my middle son, who just knows everything about everything, uh, uh, injected the fact that it's not a new decade until 2021. I understand that, what is it, the Gregorian calendar starts the decade on the one, not the zero. Did you know that? Um, and as many years as I've been around, I'm not going to say that that's the first time that I heard it, but maybe that's the first time that I actually gave consideration to it and actually thought about it. But either way, whether it's a new decade or not, depending on where you are, um, it definitely is a new year. And I hope that yours has gotten off to a great start. I know mine has so far. So, Happy New Year's to you. This is a late shift. I'm Inez Kelly. As always, thank you for joining me. Um, hope that you stay with us through the three hours, nine to midnight. So, let's take a little bit of a breath so that we can get there comfortably. That always feels great, especially after a long day. And then to come in here and to be with you and to to bring you what, um, after doing some of the research to bring you the information that we're talking about, as I said last week, we're going to be talking, uh, it might get a little bit fiery, so make sure you have us on speed dial, 312-374-8130. We're going to be talking today about those 10 words, those 10 words that we need to redefine or reconstruct so that they kind of follow along with the new and the growing diversity, and to making sure that our conversations, that we're actually communicating. There's a lot of talking. There's so many talk platforms. Uh, We have a lot of conversations. But are we really communicating? That's the big question. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll get to that um, after the break. Um, I wanted to uh, let you know how my resolutions, and I know it has only been two days, okay? It has only been two days, but 
I have been uh, actually from last Thursday I started. Now, if you were with me last Thursday, you know we were talking about um, resolutions and how you can uh, create them and and make sure that they work for you and then not taking on too many, you know, because you know what they say. You start out strong, but by mid-January, some of us may go to February, but midway, through the first month, most of the time, most of us have um, forego, have foregone the uh, the commitments that we make to make changes. And a lot of times, it's because we take that broad um, approach to some of the changes that we'd like to see, and instead of going in and really being able to dissect what would it require in order to make sure that these resolutions um, can at least stick, you know, maybe at least half the year, six months. So one of the things that was a stickler for me, and this was from the last show, and I just want to take this this minute to go through it because it really, really helped me, and I want to put it out there that I did try it, and uh, I'm continuing to do so, and I'm going to just build on that. So one of the things that I mentioned that was meditation, because of the various things that I do and, uh, you know, when you have a busy day that sometimes you just you need to be able to take the time to sit back and to focus in on your objectives and the things that you are trying to obtain or just really just making it through your day. And so um I've often heard that meditation is just one of those things that, you know, that really help. And I just always found myself it not being effective because I could not sit for more than, um, you know, 30 seconds without starting to think of the whole list of things that oh I could be doing and I could be taking care of this and I should be doing this. And, oh, and I need to take care of that. You know how that goes. Um, and so my my mind would be in a million places and I've tried different things. So I just want to say that I did start like that next day. And I do say that for me, uh, the process for me is usually if, even if I wake up at 7 a.m., I'm still going to kind of just lay there and think about what I need to do, what I need to take care of. But I did start taking the suggestion and that was to implement meditation. And while I was doing it, I would count down from 100 and holding my breath, I think this is the. I think this was um, what the uh, listener had said. I believe it was Ven. Thank you so much. Um, but I would count down, starting from a hundred, counting backwards, and so every ten, I would hold. I would hold my breath for the ten seconds, and then I'd breathe for five seconds, and then go back counting ten until I got to one. And it really did work. I mean, so much so that I did maybe three or four cycles of it. And by the time I, I was, I got to the fourth time, I was actually holding my breath till about, you know, almost, almost getting down into the single digits. So I was really proud of myself. Um, and I've, I've kept that up and it really does help. So anyone out there, if you, if, you know, you'd like to make meditation a part and we all should, because really, just taking the time to take the time. Um, and a lot of times we feel like we have to take the time and work things into our schedule, but sometimes we just need to be still. You know, uh, I, I, I enjoy reading a book and I enjoy doing certain things that relax you, relax you, but sometimes we just need to take the time and be still 
and allow our mind to be still. And believe it or not, it's those times that I find, especially now walking is also good. Uh, it's those times that, you know, the creative thought comes to mind or answers come, you know, come to mind when we can just be still long enough to allow that to you know, come to us instead of always chasing the solution, chasing the answers. And a lot of times we just find ourselves digging a hole deeper. So, um, so yes, so I just want to thank my listeners for all of the great advice. And hopefully if you heard something that uh, you've incorporated into your process of uh, creating a new you for the new year and the new decade, uh, let us know, 312-374-8130. So, yes, I've made meditation a regular part along with implementing a little bit of yoga. And I used to do yoga a little while ago, so I, I kind of started working with that. And I, I really, in the past few days, from last Thursday to this Thursday, I feel great. I feel great. And so I'm going to do my best to – no, I'm not going to say that because when you say do your best, you allow yourself the room to not do. So I'm going to say that I'm going to continue on this path. And um, and let's see what the, uh, the new decade, the new year holds for us because, you know, it goes by so fast. You know, 2019 seems like it was just here uh, two months ago, and we're already on 2020. So take advantage of each day. Celebrate each day. I know you mark your calendar for certain events and certain things, but just learn to take each day and celebrate and enjoy as much as you can because life goes by so fast. And it can go by pretty slow depending on where you are. But most cases you look up and life goes by really fast. So anyway, so that's uh, that's my that's my two cents on the uh, resolutions. And hopefully you made some resolutions that um, that you're going to stick with. You know, let us know because we're we're all in this together. We're all trying to live our best life. So but anyway, so it is New Year's. I just want to say, have you seen the Watchmen? Now, that was on the list for, you know, Obama had, President Obama had put out a list. Uh, you know, I guess he does this every year of the movies that he watches, the music that he listens to, and the books that he reads. And so New Year's I spent, um, my family and I uh, spent with my old, at my oldest son, uh, his new place. And so we had dinner and he convinced me to watch The Watchmen, and I normally wouldn't have, but... Um, I figured I saw it on Obama's list. Okay, so how bad can it be? And so, and Regina King is in it. So does any, does anyone understand what was happening in that movie? I actually binged watched and watched, I think it's like 10, 12 episodes. And all I can say is it, 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 was, it was pretty crazy. I think, I think I had gotten... A message. I think I'm sure there's like multiple messages in that movie. But one of the messages that I caught, um, well, you know what? We'll kind of touch on that as we start talking about the words, the the ten words that we're going to go through. Because if I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking that it's kind of connected. But still, in all overall, it was a weird movie Uh, or, or or series. It's a weird series. 
uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't have me intrigued enough that next season I'm sitting there watching it again. But I don't know whether I liked it or I didn't. I'm not sure. It's one of those movies. You ever have one of those movies where you walk away and you're like, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know if I actually liked it because I actually watched it. Um, but I don't know if it would be something that I'd watch again. But if you understood what was going on and, or you have some points, please call me. Let me know. 312-374-8130. The Watchmen. What was it about? I figure Obama watched it. It had to be good. Another, um, just on, on the... Um, on Obama, because I, I was so excited when I also looked and saw his list of books, his list of books. He also read Solitary. And if you remember, we had Mr. Albert Woodfox on um, in September, I believe, mid-September. Uh, and, of course, he was uh, one of the Angola Three that were imprisoned for just an extraordinary amount of time. And the majority of their time they did in in Solitary. So I've... I've had the um I would say pleasure of reading the book but uh it it absolutely is a story of um you know of just overcoming insurmountable odds and if you ever met Mr. Woodfox he is just the most pleasant um uh humble uh uh person and to think what he had lived through is just it really is extraordinary so it's solitary and that too was on Obama's list. So, um, so yeah, so I feel like I feel a little connection going on. And that I understood. I understood the book completely. The Watchmen, eh, you know, not so much. But, uh, but I'm intrigued enough that I probably will find myself sitting there when the season begins again. And I will check it out. So it's 2020. Yay, the new year finally here and so we are starting off oh if you had anticipated seeing hearing politics and stuff because we generally have it the first Thursday of each month as I said um, we are we were pushing that to next week so next week um, we will be talking politics and you know uh, my co-guest host uh, Dr. Kate Floros and we'll be discussing all of the, uh, the everything that's going on up until, uh, well, I would say now, but it's actually next week. And there's been a lot, as you know. Um, you know, Castro just um, announced that he is um, no longer a contender. I do like this. I was listening to, on my way over here, I was listening to... Um, uh, uh, Rachel, Rachel Maddow. And if you get a chance, not during this segment, wait until after the show is over, or I'm just, I'm just kidding with you. Um, you can plug it in. You can listen to me at the same time. Um, but no, if you get a chance, he was on her show this evening and it was an excellent, excellent interview. I really, um, uh, enjoyed his take on what's happening. And the, the truth about it is that, you know, one of the biggest things, of course, you know, we, we had the largest and the most diverse um, uh, candidates uh, this this go round. But as it boils down, what do we have left? We have it's just all, you know, 
all whites, the, the hashtag only whites apply or only whites allowed, something like that. Um, but he had an interesting, he had an interesting take on that. So um, next week we will uh, we will talk further on the politics of the day and impeachment and um, and so now that it's down to five candidates, we can get into a little more. We touched on policy, but we'll probably get a little bit further into policy beyond just the personalities of the day. And, um, and we, you know, we absolutely want to hear from you. Uh, again, our number, 312-374-8130. Please join me in our conversation after the break. We're talking um, the 10 words, uh, word theory. 10 words, we're going to start with 10 words and phrases that absolutely need to be reconsidered, reconstructed in order to fit into a society that has really changed in terms of the diversity. Um, Just just ways to be able to use our words, our language um, to uh, redirect the current trajectory of um, of our conversation. Our conversations are very, very, uh, you know, I'm not saying all conversations, but when you start talking about if you do engage in conversations, whether it be about politics or whatever social issues that, you know, we come from so many different places and there's so many different views and options and and um, and just the way people think. And so the 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 idea is do we just want to get across how we think about a thing or are we looking for solutions? And if solutions require us all, then we all have a hand in it and we have to all really understand what the other is talking about before we can even come to a common ground to then move forward. So, um, just through my own personal engagement, whether it's on social media platform, whether it's speaking somewhere, uh, whether it's here um, at the late shift, I, I, I find that sometimes you're saying one thing, but um, people will receive it in a uh, in a different manner because sometimes certain words we use, certain phrases we use, um, certain phrases that are unique to certain individuals or unique to a group of people, uh, out of that circle, it, you know, it's taken out of context. So it makes it really difficult to gain um, uh, uh, understanding in uh, in our conversation, in our dialogue. So we end up exerting this effort and this energy and and we're no further along than um than when we started so we're going to take a look at these 10 words and phrases and we'll talk about how they're used now where they come from and maybe how we can do better in still getting the idea across you know but maybe just using a different um uh, I don't want to say vernacular because I don't want to make it seem like th- the vernacular is incorrect. But, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to make the adjustment so that we can all understand what we're talking about and hopefully be prepared to uh, move forward. So you with me? I hope so, because I'm going to be here till midnight. So hang with me. The number 312-374-8130. We're talking word theory. We're talking about dialogue. We're talking about better communication.
and solutions. Okay, so stay with me. We're going to take a break, and we will be back. The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. The 10 words, 10 phrases, and you may have your own list, so I don't want to. This was just the list of words that that I felt um, in my conversations, in dialogue, that I I found to be um, very problematic uh, because of just the nature of the definition, what it meant, how it's being applied, and then understanding what the fight is as um, as people of color, um, black people, African Americans. There's a variety of names in there, and each one has its own connotation, and it's derived from certain environment and social construct, and so. Um, those kind of things play into who we are, how we see ourselves, and how others see us. And and even though, no, you don't want to build your persona and who you are based on what other people think, um, while at the same time, we still have to concern ourselves with, and this is no matter who you are, so whether you're male, female, black, white, gay, straight, whatever um, your, uh, you know, whatever it is that you are, you still, even though you walk with your own confidence, you still have the issue of how you're perceived, and that's a reality that you deal with and and becomes a part of um, who you are. And so when life was simple back in the good old days, (laughs) When, uh, I guess, certain labels were uh, understood, you know. So you might have men who say, you know, it used to be when women knew their place and women, you know, men used to be when men understood how to treat a lady. You know, everybody has the ideal of the perfect time, the perfect understanding, and the lines were clear and drawn, and even if you did cross those lines, you knew that you were crossing these lines. But now we live in a um, a social construct that um, that there's kind of like going back to, if you will, uh, President Clinton when you when he asked, "Well, that depends on what is is." <laughs> You know, if you're old enough to remember that. Um, And the irony of that is, to some degree, he would be correct. Now, given what and the the uh, the the uh, the line of questioning, I think is was pretty clear in his case. But if you wanted to make an argument, it depends on what is is. What do you understand is to be? And depending on that understanding, depending on whether yes, I did or no, I did not. So, um, given that, and, and it has gotten, it has actually reached that degree of our interaction, our conversation and our interaction, because, you know, people are people. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, 
realistically we say that we all want the same thing, but sometimes we don't, you know, some, sometimes we don't. And being able to make room for that and understanding that and understanding that even when we differ in our desires and what we believe, that it doesn't make anyone wrong per se, you know, unless you're a, um, you know, serial killer or something really that's off the grid. Um, But, you know, it doesn't make you wrong. It just makes it that that's not quite what I or how I viewed this. Um, And then that's where we have to make our decisions about who's in our space and all of those sort of things, right? Okay, so this segment is word theory. And as I said, I looked at a lot of the conversation that was being had and looking at a lot of the confusion And it seemed as though instead of being able to tackle the issues or whatever the subject matter uh, that brought the conversation to the table, it began to be a conversation about the words that were actually being used and the misunderstanding, excuse me, of those words or of the phrases or of its context. So... What I thought was that, you know, something a lot of times even, and I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a place of, um, of being a uh, African-American uh, female, so because that's how I represent and, and live, live my life, okay? So coming from that place, uh, but also leaving room that there are others and different um, you know, different opinions. Okay, so these were the words that I selected based on um, my conversations. But again, as I said, as always, you know, we're here for discussion, open discussion. And I I absolutely enjoy the feedback and the opinions because even though I come with my own opinions, they're just just that. But I also know that a lot of times I, I may bring certain things to the table, but I find that there are others that add to it and it just you you end up with a a broader view of an original topic and that always feels good when you bring something to the table but you actually walk away with a broader scope and understanding because I think when you have a greater understanding you have a greater opportunity to reach more people and isn't that what it's about you know we can we can talk at each other but reaching Um, one another and reaching across culture, color, race, um, sexual orientation, being able to reach across these aisles and actually communicate, um, you know, I would hope that that's ultimately um, our goal. Okay. And uh, if not, let me know what the alternative goal is what your goal is okay and what possibly your words are and how you view them 312-374-8130 so we're going to start with I'm going to start with the most what I think is probably the I don't want to say controversial but for me it's a it's a huge huge weight on who we are and it plays a huge role in how we see ourselves so and i think i mentioned i did run off a few few of the words last week so some of you may already know so my 10 words and phrases drum roll please okay no drum roll <laughs> 
drumroll, please. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. So the first one is a double word, black, white, as it relates to ethnicity. The second word is minority. Uh, the third is underserved, as it relates to people. Um, the fourth is underrepresented, as, again, it relates to a group of people. Number four is wealth gap. We kind of all know that. And number five is a phrase, and I know I'm going to get folks coming at me, and maybe I'm su- I'll be surprised, and it'll be the one that no one has a problem with, but black girl magic, black girl magic. Okay, we'll discuss that. Okay, number six is reparations, the word reparation, okay? And sometimes it's the word and, you know, all of the labels and all of the baggage that comes with it also. Um, What did I say? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So reparation is seven. And number eight is slave and enslaved, those interchangeable. Um, number nine is marginal and number 10 is privilege as it relates in white privilege. And so, and then the bonus is when you say all of anybody. So, um, you know, all men, all women, you know, all this, all that. And so we categorize, um, everyone in, in, um, in our conversation. So in starting with, and and let me just say this, another reason why I thought about this is because I was coming across different and 50 cent. And when we take another break, not now, but after the top of the hour. um, And while I'm talking, you might search it yourself. But once I saw 50 cent coming out with the fact that this year he has, uh, he is committed one of his uh, resolutions is his being committed to a dialogue that will um, incorporate words and language that will keep discourse down. And once I saw that, I said, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is definitely time for that. I'm not saying that he was the catalyst because you kind of see it all along. And again, that's one of my resolutions too, that I'm just not going to get upset with uh with folks and and sometimes we have to take those moments even though they are very stressful because you think that people should know when they should understand um you know I'm, I'm committed to take those moments as teachable moments okay and if at that point in time I don't feel like teaching I will just be quiet and go on about my business but but moving away from the toxic conversation is will probably um do us all good and i figured also if i'm going to be meditating meditating (laughs) you know indulging in meditating to keep my spirit in that place of you know peace and rest and focus you know to allow conversations that uh you know just really distract from that would be you know it just it, it just would be a waste of time so hopefully this works Let's see how long it does. Um, and so, again, as I said, we we, we want to make it a, uh, 
a project. And so we'll be doing this, you know, each month and we'll take 10 words. So I hope you add words, um, books, just any type of literature information so that as we're talking that we're productive in our conversations. And, and our conversations are part of making our 2020 as productive as we, um, you know, as we set out in our resolution. So 312-374-8130. Make sure you join in the conversation. So we were starting with um, black and white. And the reason why I start with this is because some of my research this year has taken me into really uh, delving into uh, black and white being a social uh, construct made to design um, and to depict a class of people um, specifically associated with a cultural experience. And so... um, when you understand that, first of all, uh, black nor white is a race of people, okay, it, you know, nobody is, there. there's no one, well, you know, there are some really, really, really dark people, I've, I've seen that, but, but in general, when you're talking about black and when you're talking about white, that originated from a social construct, and so to understand that when someone doesn't subscribe to that culture, the culture of being black, uh, a lot of the issues that we deal with, because as we look from the outside looking in, um, the thought is that this person is denying their blackness. So, you know, they lose their their black card. But in actuality, again, um, uh, I I believe I have uh, given a website where I think the title was um, How White People Were Made. And it's not like how white people were made, like Yakub created white people and that sort of thing. It was how the social construct of white people, how it came to be that even the term white people, black people were created um, and to understand where it came from, born out of the need to uh, set a social um, um, distance between people to ensure, and all of this, you know, the thing that I really enjoyed about putting this together is that it's really all so connected, even when you start talking about the wealth gap, but we're not going to jump ahead of ourselves. We're going to stay with um, the black and white because we really want to understand as we're saying these words, what we're saying. So when we're saying as um, we are black people or I'm black, you're, you're not talking about the 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 ethnic connection because that ethnic connection may be African and for most of us it's African and it's something else so for me it's African and it's Irish and it's you know I I would say West Indian but West Indians you know you come from Africa Um, anyway so it's all the same thing so it's you know it's it's something else for most of us so there's a combination. But when we just say black, we're really subscribing to a culture. And the culture of black is born out of the, was born out of slavery. And so most of the culture, when you look at the, and 
we're just going to use these words because I want to make sure that we're clear and we're differentiating um, in the conversation. But ultimately, within the conversation, we're still trying to come to some place that says, okay, so maybe this might be something that's more, I don't want to say appropriate, but more in tune to the message and how we're trying to perceive ourselves as an individual and collectively as a people. So, um, so yes. So when you say black and again, this is from my research and the information that I've gathered. And so some of the conclusions that I've come to, not just from my own personal, but having conversations. So again, if you would like to input and you have some information, we are more than happy. Please call 312-374-8130. This is not written in stone. This is, this is research, information, and a conclusion derived from such, from personal experience along with the information. So again, please do so. So when we say a black culture, okay, what is black culture? And so when you really dig into what is black culture and that culture that is derived from having been enslaved and everything that was accessible to a people at the time to survive and to move through where they are to where they look to go is what was used at that time. Now, that does not, and I really am being careful in selecting my words, that does not mean that um, because this is something that was used at a time because that's what was available does not mean that it's something that continues to be used at another time, 100, 200 years from that time that has not evolved beyond what was just accessible to you at the time. I'm reminded of, uh, you know, uh, you might not have heard, or maybe you have about the elephant that you put, that you tie elephant to a little stump with a, with a small string. I've never tried this, so I don't know if it works, but people say that it does. So you tie the, the leg to a stump, a, a thin string while they're baby, and you continue to train. And when this huge elephant is still tied to the stump, and they will feel like that string still holds them. Okay, so yes, while there are aspects of celebrating because, you know, everything, you know, especially as you're moving through hardship and hard times, there there are things that you take with you. Um, but to say that that's just the whole culture of what it means to be black um, is not, I, me personally, is not necessarily accurate. Okay, it's that, but it's also so much more. And so when we place ourselves in this uh, in this box that says being black is only this, you know, and anything, anyone who does not subscribe to that then becomes the other, then that becomes problematic. So one of the big things that I find in the black and white and selecting that is that when we look at, you know, when we look at culture, when we look at people and the sheer amount of people, just think about it, 
in America alone, you're talking about 340 million. Actually, I think it's up to about 350-something, 60 million people in America. Okay, And even if you say that as African Americans that we're 16%, 20% of the population, you're still talking about a lot of people. Um, now, that's, that's 16% of the people who admit that um, they have uh, African ancestry. And the truth about it really is that everybody has African ancestry ancestry and everybody carries the African DNA gene, but that's a whole nother story. Um, so you're talking about 16%. You're talking about a lot of people. You're talking about most of and the majority of these people who were born here in America, which means born here in America, the majority of those individuals are then not just African American, but have some other form of DNA. Um, and so their their history, their culture may not subscribe, even though they are of the African race, they may not subscribe to being black. Now, the question is, are those two different things? Are they the same thing? Is being black the same as being African? Okay, so here are two words. So we're we're talking about black, white, black, white, um, as a uh, race, but we understand it to be a social construct, while at the same time we kind of frown upon individuals who do not accept being black as a social construct, or I should say limiting themselves to just being black as a uh, social construct. And we generally have... um, issues with these people like when you start talking about Tiger Woods and a few others that will say that okay I'm not black I'm this and so is that really denying being an African heritage or is that denying the black experience in America and is being black um, versus being African are they the same or are they different Okay, so um, and then there's also the people of color, but we're not we're not even going to address that right now. Okay, so therein lies some of the issues when we're having a conversation, because that same person that may say that I'm not black and I I know I talk to my kids sometimes and I and, and when they bring certain things up, I will say I'm not black and I'll have like very serious and they look at me like mom. Okay, but. The reality for me is that black is a social construct that I choose not to identify myself as in terms of ethnic, okay? Now, whether you subscribe in a part of the and make up the cultural aspect of what it is of of being black, then that's the that's the next step. And so you might say, well, you know something, you're just you're really splitting hairs. Um but personally I don't think so. You know, I, I think that it is very important and I think that starting with us, because black, white being number one was because, you know, first we have to talk about ourselves, the conversation amongst ourselves. 
you know, we can't even begin to talk about, okay, you're, you're trying to compete on, on levels that within yourself, you, you don't even have the conversation together on, for yourself. It's kind of hard to get out there and talk to someone about something or present yourself in a way where you don't understand it yourself. Or you may be using words that are that are uh, leaning toward one idea, when in actuality it comes with this label comes with all of these other connotations, and so black and white is huge because it's not just about here in America. Even though it, the construct was born out of the slave trade. It is around the world, so you have to look and you have to see the dark people around the world. What is the condition? Okay, but again, that's a whole, you know, we can really go broad on this. We want to kind of stay within within the context of what we're talking. We have a caller on the line. Hi, Randy. Yes, um, good evening. How are you? I'm well. Good evening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and happy, well, happy with the late Kwanzaa. So that was yesterday, the last day. That's right. Yeah, which is on faith, money, or faith or whatever. Um, and I appreciate much of what you're doing, you know, the points that you're raising and stuff. I just want to kind of throw some things in because I'm, I'm active with a group called Incobra, okay. which is headed by um, uh, Cam Howard, who does a tremendous job in terms of educating our people about reparations and the issue of reparations. Stuff. Okay. Um, so I'm a member of that group as well as other organizations. But I want to kind of, you know, throw some things out there because you, know, you mentioned about ethnic. See, ethnic, according to Ishmael Reed, who wrote, uh, he's a black novelist, wrote uh, Reckless Eyeballing. Okay. Um, um, the terrible twos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as well as um, um, books dealing with um, just you know, political issues like um, Barack Obama, et cetera. Um, he talked about the ethnic means heathen. So you know, so you're absolutely correct in time of analyzing these different words, what they're meaning, et cetera, these various words. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about um, if we uh, talk about like reparations, we're basically talking about repairing our people and stuff whole. You know, talking about and using a holistic approach mm-hmm. in terms of addressing social, you know, sociological, psychological political, economic, financial, et cetera, um, uh, approaches in order to, to basically make our people whole because of uh, our negative experiences um, when our people were enslaved and continue to be enslaved by these people, et cetera. Um, that is the reason why we're demanding reparations for people, which we have done for, for centuries, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. So, the, so this whole reparation issue is nothing new. It's been going on, been an ongoing issue for a number of uh, years, predicated based upon our historical experiences as a people. Okay. So I I agree with one of the points that you raised about about the about the um, uh, black girls magic, but also we want to throw in that Ados, the group Ados, as well as also you know I think about all the various groups that are out here now that appear to be a part of movement of uh, the Me Too movement as well as the LGBTQ mm-hmm. groups and everything like that. I think that those need kind of be tossed in. What does that mean? What are, what are the what are the goals and objectives? What do these things really mean? Right. So. And so and so thank you so much. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm talking about because you know these labels and this information is being thrown out there. But really what does it mean? And we'll get into Eidos as we talk about representation reparations, um, repairing. And um, when you start talking about repairing, uh, now, I'm not going to say that having money doesn't help certain things, but, you know, there's a lot of folks out here with money that still jump off the bridge, okay? So repairing and, and what what's broken, you know? So when we start talking about repairing, repairing what? Okay, so we're, we're kind of jumping into that because we'll talk about reparations. But all of this is so connected. It's, it's really just, just 
really so connected. And when we just stop and think about the words that we're saying, the language that we're using, and how we are presenting it, um, it's key to the repair that's necessary. And I think of like when for startups, when you start talking about entrepreneurship and startups, you know, right away everybody's going because you're going to go pitch your business because, you know, you're ready for to, you know, put money. You got to put money into the business. Well, you know something? There's so much that has to be done in terms of the construction and the groundwork and things that need to be put in place before you ever need to take on someone the responsibility of someone else's money, okay, to, to invest into um, – into what you're doing. So even when we start talking about reparations and start talking about, well, first of all, in that reparations, are we talking about money? Are we talking about what is it that needs to be done to repair? You can't even begin to talk about what and how you're going to repair something if you don't even understand what's broken. And what's broken is far deeper than that. So for me, when we start getting into reparations, that's a whole nother subject. So Randy, you make sure you stay with us. Um, we'll get into that. Um, so I don't want to move too fast, but I appreciate uh, what what you were saying. So um, yeah, so when you start saying black, and this is so key, because when you talk about uh, being African, there is a um, there is a honor in that that you don't have to battle the world. Now, not, that's not. I'm not going to say that. Uh, saying being African, that African uh, people, and by that I mean Africans that come here, um, that they don't have their own issues. But I'm. But we're talking about just the blood. We're talking about the ethnicity. We're talking about the origins. Um, and so because the origin is from the, the human existence of being African, there's no denying, there's no um, uh, debate about that. Now, what your opinion of, is, of that is a whole nother subject. But being black is a construct that was put together and you labeled that based on all of these negative, you know, all of these negative, uh, I would say stereotypes, but, but, but negative experiences. And these are negative experiences that, of course, we learn to turn into positive, okay? Because you have to. You have no choice. If this is the situation, you, you know, I, well, you do have a choice. You either, you know end it or you move or you move through it so um so we're going to continue we're going to take a break and um you know join the conversation 312-374-8130 we're talking the 10 words and phrases that we need to give second thought to and maybe consider what it is that we're saying so that we can communicate better so stay with us we'll be right back live from the xfinity studios at wvon The Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. Ten words and phrases uh, that um, that are in our daily conversation that generally spark, uh, you know, debate in is 
grossly misunderstood. Mis, uh, I would say that we consider the word, that we know the word because we've heard it, but um, a lot of us have created different definitions, and I think that's the biggest part of it. It's not, again, this is not to say that anything is right or wrong, better or worse. The idea is what is the objective? And so in being able to create a better conversation and conversation that will um, result in um, solutions, then I think we need to really consider how diversified as a nation we've become and that not just here in America, when you consider that we have we are going in the direction and have been going in the direction of being a global nation. I mean, a global, I mean, we're, we're a global economy. We are a global social construct. Uh, on, when you start talking about all of these platforms that we are connected, the World Wide Web, we're connected with no real barriers when it comes to who you're possibly talking to. Um, you know, so uh, what about our vocabulary? What about our definitions? What about some of the words and the language and the phrases and things that we use that we're so familiar with? But, you know, do you find yourself speaking to people in phrases that are familiar and words that you use and then folks take offense or they don't quite understand? Uh, the conversation then turns to the language and the words rather than understanding that, you know, we are just we, we just have different ideas. I think when, when it comes to bottom line where we're trying to go, in most cases, I think it's the same. I, I think just the route that we use and the tools that we use, the vehicle that we choose, tends to sometimes differ. And I think we get lost in that rather than understanding... Um, you know, ultimately what it is that we are seeking to gain. And so the biggest thing in um, what I find in the term black and white is because race colors so much of, um, you know, who we are uh, as we go about our day. All right. As we go about our day, as we go about our work, it colors so much that it impacts so much um, that it's just, it's it's huge. And it really should be looked at from a place that um, that says we understand, number one, we understand who we are, okay? Uh, we understand the diversity within our culture, okay, as a people, and we understand even the class differences within our culture. And then to be able to use those words and the communication in a way that we can um, reach across the aisle and actually communicate. You know, because we hear so much where I hear so many conversations of everyone having the answers, but with having the answers, where's the results? You know, where's, uh, you know, where is the resolution 
um, of some of these issues that we not only deal with today but have dealt with, then I don't know. Do do are are these issues? Are we able to resolve these issues? Are there really any answers? You know, I believe so. I believe so. So, so we were talking black and white. We were talking about uh, black and white being a um, a construct of uh, class and of cultural experiences. And we know this because if you know if you're talking a certain way on the phone, you know people can tell right away. Are you is this someone who's black or white? Does that mean is this someone that has black skin or is of African descent or is it? someone that has the black cultural experience you know so we all know people who um who may be white and then you you meet well over the phone you think they're they're white and then you meet them and then you find they're black okay or vice versa people that are black and then when you meet uh, sound black and and you meet them and they're white you know um so is that is that um, uh, just in the ethnicity or is it a a culture in which and how we identify ourselves? And if so, if so, then what is the problem if a black person says, you know, I'm not black, you know, I don't subscribe to a a black culture. (laughs) it's, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny because in some ways, someone saying that, you know, others will be totally offended because you're bought and sold and, and by bought and sold, I'm talking about the idea, um, you bought and sold and you're hook, line and sinker in this cultural aspect of being black or white that you are unable to separate uh, black culture and black experience from being African-American. It's kind of like, you know, I think what um, um, Kamala, Kamala Harris ran into. Anyway, we have Mr. Coleman on the line. Mr. Coleman, I, I assume it's Mr. Coleman. Your first name could be Coleman. I, I, I'm not sure. But anyway, how are you? Happy well, New Year. <laughs> well, same to you. Uh-huh. And uh, happy Kwanzaa also. And happy Kwanzaa, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you're having a, a really uh, deep conversation tonight. The subject is, Yes. And uh, it, it just touches on so many different levels. Yes. And, you know, one of the things you were trying to uh, get at is the, the, the words and the impact the words have on people. Exactly. So, yeah, one of those words when you were saying strong, no, not strong, but uh, black girl magic. Yes. Yeah, that, that it kind of reminds me of when they were throwing out the other, another word called uh, strong black woman. And I'm glad that you said that. And although we're jumping ahead, but let's do that because, you know, as I said, it's all connected. Yes. It, it, yeah. It, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, yeah. For, for me, you know, I always was uh, against that particular word because I felt like it had, it was, uh, uh, had many uh, different connotations to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that it, it never got resolved. Well, you know, you know I mean, it's I, still being used. You're saying it never got resolved as far as you're concerned or because th- that term is still being used. Black girl magic. Well, mm-hmm. well, it, it is being used. But 
what I'm saying is before that word was used, mm-hmm. we didn't have a, a lot of the other connotations that came behind it, which, you know, you had uh, a, a, a lot of uh, different negative com- uh, connotations coming behind it. Right. Which was why I was against it so much. So when you say, are you saying, just to make sure I'm clear what you're saying, um, are you saying that the black girl magic term had a negative connotation coming behind it? No, I'm saying that the the uh, strong black women oh, okay. comment, uh, connotation had some negative uh, uh, effects behind that. Right. Now, I agree that so, it had, it had um, negative effects. Yeah, and that's uh, why I had a problem mm-hmm. with that right. term. Right. So I'm thinking that uh, you know they're throwing out these terms. Right. You know, uh, black girl magic, uh, uh, people of color, right, uh, and who knows what else. But I, I, I just think that you know we have to really pay attention to these terms that they're throwing out because these terms eventually end up coming back. You know, to haunt us. Exactly. And that's and that's what I had felt. Even from you know, black girl magic, it sounds cute and it's magical and you know, it 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 it's meant to mean all of the positive things that I'm sure uh when it was put out there. So um let me just jump to yeah. that a little bit as you're bringing it up. But when I looked when I kind of looked it up, I saw that a young lady, Kashawn Thompson, uh, had coined that term back in 2013. And originally it was to celebrate, from what I understand, celebrate the beauty and the unique power and the resilience of um, of black women. Um, but I further researched and I looked, there's a young woman, Jennifer Epperson, Okay, and as I, you know, again, like I said, I I wanted to make sure that I that I looked up the information. So it wasn't just my opinion, but really looking to see what some of the information was out there. And so it was the extraordinary standard to be accepted, like like being ordinary is not accepted. It's it's as black girl magic. You have to be magic in order for you to be basic. Okay. Now, and so uh, mm-hmm. now this 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 thing about magic, mm-hmm. you know, that's another interesting word in itself mm-hmm. because uh, there was a movie that you were seeing something about Obama was watching called The Watchmen. Yes, I'm sure it had some type of magical effect on you. Well, it's like a, um, what do you call it, a superhero kind of, okay. kind of movie. Okay. Yeah. okay, so I've never seen the movie, but I can imagine mm-hmm. that, that it has some kind of, uh, you know, magical effect on you. My, my, my thing is, where, is that, you know, we, we live in a world that is, in a sense, somewhat magical. Mm-hmm. Like you brought, the, you brought that term up where you... We're saying about the elephant. Yes. Where you tie the elephant down to the little, to the little knot on right. the thing, and when they grow up, they they don't even realize how strong they are, right? Right. And I think that that's what, what I'm calling magical, because I think that that has a lot to do with what what has happened with us as, as blacks. 
is that we've been put in a situation where that is exactly where we are. Right. But you know something, and right. I and I I hear what you're saying, Coleman. And and the thing is that I want to also be careful that as for myself, as I am examining these words and the phrases, that I'm not also taking the opportunity to then you know take the pendulum and swing it all the way the other way. To to, to no 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 uh-huh. no, I, and and that's not what I'm doing either. Okay, but I'm saying that it is a possibility that. That, you know, when we were young, younger, mm-hmm. you know, when we saw things that were new, you know, it gave us, you know, a lot of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then once we became older, you know, that inspiration slowly, you know, disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens with a lot of races. But my point is, is that it is still magical uh, uh, going on around us, but it, it is a very uh, difficult thing to put put our hands on. Right. So I'm saying that that for me, I do believe that there is a race mind behind a lot of things that we're going through, mm-hmm. and. For example, people people may may think that that uh, uh, you know things are just the way that they are, but in reality, there's something that is behind it that has always been here before right. we even got here. Right. Now, when you say we, are you talking we as in African Americans here to America, or are you talking we as in humanity on Earth? <laughs> As humanity on Earth. Okay. Well, yes. So, if you want to consider, if you believe uh, biblically, or if you believe in the spiritual books, then you understand that prior to man walking the Earth, that there's a principality, and there are things that are in, uh, you know, at work, uh, and we are placed in it. We do not operate it, nor do we run it. But it it will run in spite of us, you know. And so part of the process, I believe, is really understanding what that process is and being able to, you know, utilize it. And um, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm saying that that the race mind is behind a lot of it, or probably most of it. Well, I think the race yeah. mind was was adapted in order to be able to. Um, uh, take control of it. But I don't think that it's a race mind in and of itself, but I do think that race has come into it in order to control it. And so a lot of the things that we're, we we deal with um, as a people, and when I say as a people, I'm talking about all people because uh, you cannot impact you cannot affect one or impact one without affecting the other so everybody has a a a, um uh everyone's been impacted by what is happening okay and then sometimes because we may be getting a better end of the deal we don't think that we are just as much impacted as um as the other but we all um, have been affected by what's going on. And so that's 
why, again, really considering the words that we use, especially in dialogue and conversation as we're having now, because the idea is to communicate. Okay, um, I don't I don't want to get come across to you to say, hey, look at all of these big words. This is what I know, you know, and I don't receive you that way. It's really beginning to understand exactly what in the world are we talking about? You know, so when you say black people, who are you talking about? Because there's a lot of people who are of African descent who do not subscribe themselves as just being black people. And, and that's why I use the word race mind, mm-hmm. because race mind, even though, you know, they have the colors in mind, mm-hmm. they may not necessarily use the colors. But what you is a color? Black say, and white is not really a color. You know that. So the black well, and white is not even a color for, for you know, in reality. But, but, well, yeah, but I'm saying, too, that race mind people may not even use the word color. Mm-hmm. They may just say Negroes. Right. We know what Negroes that they're talking about. Right. They may say Irish. So we know who Irish are talking about. Right. But the point is every every Irish or every Negro, whatever, uh, black, they all come to a point mm-hmm. in life where they have a greatness. Mm-hmm. And then generations behind them come behind them, take over, and repeat the process mm-hmm. until it no longer until it no longer serves, until it no longer fits. And I think that's where we are, where we are as a uh, as a, a group um, is that some of these terms no are are insufficient in their uh, meaning. Um, they're insufficient in the uh, inclusiveness of when we start talking about groups of people, whereas it might have been that coming up you lived in an environment and it was just black people. You might have seen white people or Asian people from time to time, but now we live in constructs where we have family, close family. So when you're saying certain things, you're and this is not to say that you know, and I've heard people say this, that, yes, I have family, but they also know that, you know, white people as a whole have this problem, so I'm not really directing it to them. But we have to also understand that when we say things, just like when it comes back to us, when we say things, that words uh, penetrate and uh, words have meaning and words have power. And so how do we use that power of our words to better communicate and that's where we are so i i thank you i appreciate i appreciate your input thank you so much well, mm-hmm. and thank you uh-huh. yeah, good night. I'm, I'm sorry were you going to say something i didn't mean to cut you off no no i was just going to just say that i agree with you mm-hmm. because you know in a sense humanity has uh you know has to, has to have some say in all of this here right uh but you know, we talk. We say when we say white, I'm thinking that we know what we're talking about when we say white. But when they say, when they say what they say, they 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 know what they're talking about when they refer to blacks or Negroes right. or what have you. Right. But before all of this this color thing came out, we had a way of expressing who we were talking about. Right. 
And right. that, to me, you know, I think that, you know, the play on words, is, it, it gets a little bit fuzzy. And that's where we are at this point. But the I don't know whether it's a play on words versus the diversity that comes in that forces us to have to look at the words that we use. So, yes, there are always going to be people that's going to take advantage of a situation or a circumstance or words or phrases and use it to their advantage. But in general, I think that, you know, uh, when you start talking about identity of people that and and we see it not just ethnically, we see it uh, uh, gender Wise, you know, a lot of people across the board, you know, they may not even be bisexual or gay or anything like that, but still take on the idea of just being fluid, you know, because I just don't want any, la- any labels. I don't want a label, you know, don't call me a female or a woman, don't call me a male or uh, a, a, a man. Um, I'm just, Absolutely. I'm just fluid because uh, folks are but, just but, tired of the labels that really put you in a box and then and then I don't have a let me just finish this I don't have a problem with the label by itself but I have a problem with the baggage that's attached to that label that now you expect me to function this way because if I'm black if I'm black and I sound or I speak well, then I have a problem because, see, now I'm trying to be – I'm not talking about me personally. I'm just talking about this is the things that we hear. I'm trying but to you be know, white. But, you know, I just mm-hmm. want to quickly say this. It, it amazes me when I have a conversation with people, mm-hmm. and they're very intelligent, but they have a problem with the fact that African Americans, you know, they have – issues, and concerns with regards to race. Mm -hmm. And the conversation goes like, well, I don't think race has anything to do with this. And my response is, race has everything to do with this. Mm -hmm. Well, are you talking about about black people saying this, or are you talking about white people saying this? Are you talking about what people saying? Well, let me just just say whites, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, well, you know, I, I'm not, uh, I asked, I said, well, do you belong to a, uh, any kind of fraternity or something like that? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so what does your fraternity stands for? Mm-hmm. And your what's fraternity the... stands mm-hmm. for something, right? Right. But your fraternity stands on the one main principle. And that is race mind. But let let me say this in closing on this conversation. But the reality also is that if you are the group that has designated this designation of race, then to you, there's no issue with it because everything is really based off of what you know. And, you know, when we walk in what we know, there's really no confusion until the confusion comes when those who we have designated begin to uh, uh, fight against that designation. It's it's why, you know, why? Mm -hmm. 
And I think we see that even we see that even as we raise our kids, you know, we raise our kids and they get to an age where they identify and, uh, you know, what I don't want that. That's not what. I, but we have designated this for you. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is what. But now. If I, so we didn't see any problem with it. The, pro, the problem didn't come because I designated. I was fine with designating you as this, that or the other. The problem came because you have chosen. You have not chosen that for you. And now you're standing against it. And that's. I think that's what we're seeing. And everybody has to accept making space for the other. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But also, there has to be a balance to it. So, yeah. Yes. But, but anyway, yes. appreciate it. Well, Pre- absolutely well, appreciate your input. Appreciate you, too. All right. Well, you, you have a good night, you, and I'll continue to listen. You do the same, okay? okay. And we're okay. going to continue this conversation. We're talking just... Starting with 10 words, but we know there are many words out there, but 10 words and phrases that have seemed to be problematic. We're just going to examine them a little bit, talk about how we can do better, and just make sure we have that conversation. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So, um, okay, so we're back with uh, with our some of our words. Just and, and if it doesn't do anything except make you stop and think and consider then then that's good. You know, at the end of the day, you may walk away feeling like, you know, that makes absolutely no sense. I'm black. This is what I do. Okay. And that's cool, you know, because everybody should, um, everyone does and should have the right to accept and to perceive and to live and to be you, do you, you know. Um, and so, but as long as we have this understanding when we're doing what we do, but we understand um, how it comes across, everything that travels with it, you want to ask yourself, are you going to fight the, um, are you going to fight the condition or are you going to um, recognize the condition and then make the changes accordingly? Okay, so join our conversation, 312-374-8130, and um, let me know what your words are what some words uh, maybe you uh, have found to be, um, and and it doesn't always have to be problematic. If you found certain words that you find work, um, I believe I've, I've mentioned um, to my listeners here about a time that my um, sister-in-law and I was having a conversation. Well, I guess she's an ex-sister-in-law about now, but that has nothing to do with this conversation, okay? Um, but um, uh, I used to say, um, if, if I had given someone information, I would say, well, I told you that such and such and such. Well, I told you this and I told you that. And so I never thought any problem. And just one day, I must have said it one too many times. She's like, don't tell me anything. And I was like, I'm not telling you anything. I just, I'm saying that I had mentioned that to you yesterday. That's what I was trying to get across. But the way she took it was that I was telling her um you know, what to do. And so, you know, she's 
older and so at that point in time she probably felt I was trying to tell her what to do but I to be honest with you since we had that conversation I you will hardly ever hear me say that I told you this because I realized that in saying it the way some folks took it and the realization from her comment made me realize that sometimes when I used it before how sometimes folks would react so just something as simple as that that just you know that caused someone to be very frustrated in the language that I was using and it also helped me because I you know I find another way I said well I mentioned that earlier or do you remember we had discussed this and I just found other ways to uh, get my point across without it being um, you know, a pro- problematic. So I'm saying that that's something kind of generic whereby this is something that, you know, whether we say black or white, just by virtue of who we are and we present ourselves in that way, it's always the unspoken word that whether it's said out loud or um, or whether we actually discuss it. So uh, a, a big part of this is really internal. It's not really our out- outward conversation. It's really that internal conversation that we have with ourselves because that's where it starts because how we present ourselves and how we carry ourselves and how we um, give ourselves over to the people in our space, uh, a lot of that comes from the internal conversations that we have with ourselves and our understanding of the words that we use. Okay, so just just a little bit of information there. So we'll, we'll move from the uh, black and white, but I wanted to also just make sure that we understood, not that we don't, but to know that these conversations don't go away. You know, I think they continue until they begin to, uh, the language gets filtered out of the social um, uh, conversation, <clears throat> conversation in the same way that the N-word, you know, was filtered out. And to be honest with you, really, when that first became a thing to, um, to eliminate the N-word, and I don't know whether that was just because white people couldn't use it without a backlash, so the whole idea was let's just filter it out of the conversation since we can't use it, which, you know, okay, I can understand that. Um, and so now it's a, it's a social antique in terms of that using it as a um, part of the conversation. So I guess in the same way, we, we look at this black-white thing and to think that, okay, that's always going to be a part of what it is that we do. And yes, maybe ethnically it will always be issues, but if we go back to understand that black and white is not an ethnicity, you know, no one's black uh, in terms of ethnic and no one is white in terms of ethnic. There's, you know, Irish and, uh, and well, there's just Irish and African. Okay. That's all there is. No, I'm, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's Asian, you know, there's all, everyone comes from a place and that place is, is the ethnicity of, uh, origin. And then we move and we migrate. And because of the migration, um, where you come from in order for the people who are already there to to 
be able to label you that's where the labels come from and then we accept those labels and we accept them until we become so ingrained in the culture that you feel like oh you know what you know what no I'm not going to go for that that's not who I am this is who I am so so anyway so that's the that's the uh the black white oh let me put this out there also because I came across uh Jordan Jordan Winthrop Jordan Okay, and if you, you know, if you get a chance, just Google him, Winthrop Donaldson Jordan, and he was a professor of history, and he was a writer of slavery and the origins of racism in the United States from uh, the European perspective, right, like we need another perspective, Um, the evolution of the white Englishman and Anglo-American's perception of black and perceptions of the differences to justify the race-based slavery and liberty and justice for whites only. So if you want to Google that, it's a, it's a very, very um, interesting read. Okay? So uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, um, do you want to dive into Black Girl Magic? Do you want to dive? You think you're ready to dive into I know you were <laughs> <laughs> I just waiting for Black Girl. I don't know if you caught any of it. We did kind of talk about it a little bit, you know. So um, I was saying that in and of itself, well, first of all, if you were to, and again, remember, all of this is connected. So the fact that it's Black Girl Magic is, okay, again, we're being careful with our words. So if we already discuss black and white, and black is not an ethnicity but a culture, just as white is a culture standard. So are we talking black girl magic as in a culture of being black, or are we talking about black girl magic as in being an African girl and the magic that that entails? Okay, so we have Chestine on the line. Let's uh, let's take Chestine. Are we ready for Chestine? Okay. All right. So we will um, we'll we'll keep moving. I think we have her on the line. As soon as we get her, we'll we'll go on. So in the name alone, there are um, issues that we would probably uh, that I personally and as I began to do research because I thought maybe okay this is this just me feeling this way and I wanted to really again anytime I have an opinion on something I go in and I google because I want to look at the balance uh, you know the percentage of people feel this way but then there's a percentage of people that feel uh differently and so what those differences are and why do we have Chestine ready okay let's bring Chestine on hello good evening and happy new year Good evening. It's very interesting listening to your conversation. I usually listen to WVON in the morning and during the day and not often late at night. Okay. And uh, so it was interesting because I have a little bit of of a different take on what you're talking about when you talk about black and white. Okay, let's hear it. Because most whites connect themselves with some country. Right such as Poland, 
Ireland, you know, that type of thing. So they will say that they are that kind of American, Irish-American, Polish-American, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, When you talk about black, I've lived long enough to have been called Negro and colored. Okay. We all knew what that meant. That meant people who were brought to this country not from not from not immigrating but we were brought here basically as mm-hmm. slaves right and 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 the fact that if we start calling ourselves i've never been happy, happy with the african american because african americans can be white they can be any color exactly and as a matter of fact there's a comedian who has been on television, and he laughs at the fact that we call ourselves African American. And what I don't agree with that title okay. at all because I think historically we knew what color and Negro was, and then it was changed to African American. We really need to, when you talk about Kwanzaa, we really need to name ourselves and not let anybody one person name us we really need to name ourselves because when this census comes up it's going to be very important for us not to be african-american because if we say that's where we are then we are from africa and we are not we were born in america but okay so now when you have a second generation third generation asian individual that was born here but they're still Asian American because Asian is Asian or being African or being Irish Irish is not about the land America it's about the origin as far as where your ancestry originated from but see mm-hmm. those are continents that's the problem most people who really know and I'm talking about Asians they don't think in terms of themselves as Asians. They think of themselves as Chinese or Japanese or Korean. Okay. They don't think of themselves as, we might call them Asian Americans because we may not know what uh, what country they are from. But you see, these people keep their heritage right. over generations, and we're going to lose ours. Right. And, and our young people are the ones who are out in the street now who are who have, who don't, can't go to schools in their own neighborhood, have to be bus places where they ought to be able to be together and working together. But they're bused all over, and and then they're going across lines, and they're having gang problems and shooting and all of that kind of thing. It's because they don't have a community. They're not in a community where they can know each other and work with each other. We have been splintered. And it is just a sad case, and we need to be aware of that. Only who, who, what other group has schools where they have two names, where when people who graduated from their schools cannot no longer even refer to their schools? And that's you know what there are a lot of things that we have allowed to happen, and we have to really realize that I know that I am a descendant of slaves. Okay. And I and and many of the people who you see having problems are because people who are coming from other countries, uh, and I'm saying countries because see Africa is a continent, right? 
and but and there, but there are fifty four countries within that continent. So it's like saying but, you're from like if I say I'm from DC, well DC isn't technically a state, but you know if 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 you're saying you're from Chicago, you're from Illinois, you can say that without saying I live in America because if you're from Illinois, people know that you you from America. So it you can say Africa in terms of the continent, and maybe you're from Nigeria. You know, well, you can uh, say that, but most Nigerians are not going to say that. They're going to say they're Nigerian. Right, I mean, all, exactly. you know, when you think of all of the all of the uh, countries mm-hmm. in in Africa. I mean, people who are from Haiti say they're Haitian. Okay, so let me ask you a question. I don't want to get too far off because I made some notes because you had said something. First of all, explain to me the two schools. Are you talking about schools being renamed because they were named one thing and then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Bryn is one example. Okay. Um, In in South Shore. That's one I can think of. But there are many of them. So can you... The thing about it is history is very important. Absolutely. And, and and that is what we are losing and 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 your daughter is right. If you were born in America and your ancestors uh were brought over here, they are black, negro colored. That is the history and we can't forget our history. If you forget your history, you forget everything. Okay, well thank every you. Every other look at every other group. Right. Look but but but, but each group but hold on. They... but each group is always attached to the origin of their land. We are the only group that you're talking because you also gave credit to white saying okay white people are attached to Ireland and you know Europe and all of these places but for black people for some reason when it comes to black people the furthest our descendants are were slaves. No I I, I can't accept that. Now I'm not saying that for you if that's if you understand well, no. but to, but, but but if you go, let me let me let me finish. Celestine, let me let me just finish this. It, 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 my history does not stop at the American border, okay? And so I, I, I may be a descendant. Uh, uh, there might have been slaves within the generation, but it, but it goes beyond that. And so when we understand that, that it didn't start with being slaves. So I, I respect what you're saying. I absolutely respect what you're saying, but we have to think beyond that because if you think that you started, your, your history started as a slave, then... No, it, no, 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 okay. I didn't say that. Okay. So I don't want you to oh, okay. leave. No, no, okay. I didn't say that it okay. started as a... Okay, I, I didn't just say want it to make started sure. as a slave. Okay. So then it's beyond that. So the land is Africa. So ethnic... The no, I was born in America. I have some no, white in me. I have some not, Indian in me. But that, I, you know what? I, I'm going to just tell you my main reason for saying this. Okay. My main reason for saying this is remembering my ancestors who were slaves and who helped to build this country right. and build the buildings and build the farms and, and all of the things and, and the even the food, the type of food that people. And, of course, there are some African people in that mix of, I know we're mixed. We run, we run, when I say black, I'm thinking from white to black. In right. other words, I'm thinking all colors. Right. So I want to make sure you understand. I, got I don't you. think that we just came from slavery. I got but you. I, I'm thinking about my ancestors who helped build this country, and I want to give allegiance to them, and I want their children who, that are slaughtered in the streets now 
Okay. Right here in Chicago. Okay. I want their children to get what they should get by educationally, health-wise. I, I want them to get what they deserve. That, that's my thing. I the, the, the descendants, I want them to get what they deserve for their ancestors working. And I, 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 I absolutely um, appreciate what you're saying. Okay. Okay. And thank, thank you, you for so calling. Much. It's interesting. Your title you. is very interesting. I'm interested in hearing the other words that you you're okay. going to. And uh, absolutely, discuss. stay with us. We'll be here till midnight. Now I'd love this I topic. I will be listening to you. Okay. I will be listening to you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Did I say Chestine? Chestine. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Happy New Year. And we have Mama D. Is Mama D still on the line? Okay, so hopefully she'll give us a call back and uh, we'll get Mama D. So, see, that's an inter- interesting take. Um, and I know that, okay, all right, so we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to take uh, Mama D. Okay, stay with us. And I'm glad that I didn't stay home tonight. Came on in because I love talking to you and love hearing uh you know what you think on some of these topics sometimes i'm thinking of it myself and i'm like hmm i'm gonna put this to listeners see uh what comes back so that uh and it's all about it's all about learning that that jam is so smooth you just just smoothing it out thank you so much because you know (laughs) we need just a little smooth groove coming in all of the you know we're we're uh what do you say passionate about yes you know, don't we're, you think? we're very passionate <laughs> and have real feelings. Our callers are passionate, and that's what we love about them. I, you know, the fan WVON loves our listeners because our listeners are very passionate. They they know their points. They are studied. They are learned. Uh, they have good opinions, and that's why I love to listen to the callers. Yes, and and they're paying attention because you have to be able to pay attention to engage in and to be able to bring your point of view to the um, to the forefront. And you know, we know that there are a lot of people that do not call in but listen and are engaged and you know, we you know, we don't we try not to. I, I, I'm learning to make sure that I give the space for all of the views. But like you, I'm passionate too. So sometimes I need to kind of step back and go ahead and let you finish. So I, 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 fin- I appreciate Miss uh, Chestine. Um, yes. a, a little different perspective. No, I but, love, I love but, her perspective. But and just, I respect it too. Right. Now I'm saying for me, a little different, but I, I can completely understand Um, where she's coming from, what she's talking about. And again, we have to also appreciate what others have lived and what they've seen and and how it is that they come to their view. You know, there's enough room for for each of us. Yes. Okay, and do we still have Mama D on the line? Mama D is here. All right. Uh, Good evening and Happy New Year. Hello, Happy New You. (laughs) Happy New Me, okay. You know, I also, I don't usually listen to... um, the program uh, late at night, but it's usually music. Oh, well, so that, this that's happening. So this is kind of nice. Okay. Well, because I appreciate that. Well, you have to make sure you tune in often. Absolutely, because WVON is a family, and everybody is entitled to their own opinions, and every but everybody, nobody is entitled to their own facts. Exactly. And uh, mm-hmm. we get facts and we get uh, opinions and we are family and Absolutely. That's, that's the way we're supposed to be I think but there there are two things 
uh, as a crimes against humanity descendant because my grandparents was in the very chains of slavery because they were born before December 18, 1865, mm. when uh, the 13th Amendment was signed and was ratified and slavery abolished. And I am a Jim Crow genocide survivor mm. because I was during the, uh, that 1954 Brown versus Board of Education period. Mm-hmm. And I do use the word genocide because the definition of, um, of, of genocide is number A, killing members of the group, number B, calling serious bodily or mental harm mm-hmm. to members of the group. And mm-hmm. when this harm is so severe that it's doubtful you'll ever overcome it, that means it was serious harm, and that means it is genocide. So that's why I use that language. Mm-hmm. But I am an indigenous native black American. And the reason, uh, if you're in a country before the country gets to be a country, that means you're indigenous of that country. And 1619 came before July 4, 1776. So we are indigenous native black Americans. And the reason we have to use that word black in our description is because uh, the laws, like the Dred Scott Supreme Court decision, it said blacks had no rights. The Brown versus Board of Education decision was ruled unconstitutional because the court said it existed only to keep the status of the Negro down. Mm-hmm. And that gets back to this uh, girl. Uh, for centuries, we black men were called boys mm-hmm. and black women were called girls. It was keeping us as a group in a uh, subjugated uh, status. Right. And we had to struggle against that for a long time because it took away our adulthood, mm-hmm. our manhood, and our womanhood mm-hmm. and just kept us down. And to resurrect being a girl is very offensive, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's meant to be offensive. But when we don't teach our children our history and listen to everybody else's story and never get a chance to put our truth on the table, mm-hmm. that is what can happen. And I very much dislike the, the terminology, people of color, mm-hmm. because everybody has a color, and that is reverse segregation, mm-hmm. and I don't think we should be a part of it. Mm-hmm. When I was a little girl in the Jim Crow genocide days, I did not like being frozen out of the, the human family because my skin was black. And I don't think little children that are white feel good about being frozen out of the human family because their skin is white. Mm-hmm. Everybody an in point. and nobody an out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just was saying that's an excellent point. And and so um, words have power, mm, and we have to watch what we are saying. And I, uh, in conclusion, I don't believe in this uh, uh, America, uh, African-American, Adolf, descendants of slaves. That is a 400-year incident. We can't possibly give up billions of years of being the the, the first people to walk upright on the planet Earth, the parents of civilization, <laughs> according to the archaeological finds, according to the DNA test. Go ahead, Mama D. These are facts. Tell us. 
No, that's so, right. That's that's exactly. And, and so and I, we can't mm-hmm. tag ourselves with a slave descendants right. of slaves. No, right. no, no. That's right. a, a four hundred year incident. We right. gotta keep it moving. Right. Right. So and, I thank and, and, you. Th- well, thank you. Thank you so much. And again, this is not to um, to disregard the previous caller's point. And I understand that, that even though it's 400-year uh, pit stop, it, it, was, uh, it was the magnitude of what it has done has really changed the whole trajectory of even the DNA. They say that when you go through trauma, like that, and I can say for one that trauma absolutely affects you. You know, it affects your spirit and it changes you. And so I can't even imagine as 400 years what that change has, um, you know, has and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and we have just in 345 of those years, we had federal laws against us as a people. Right. And nobody else has been taken out of the human family right. and put under idol God, slave creator, taken and, and called a movable property thing. Right. Right. And so, uh, and we are out here fighting for everybody else's rights because we still have that those mental chains on our brains, mm-hmm. like uh, Marcus Garvey said. Others can take the chains off your body, but only you yourself can remove them from your mind. Absolutely. We have no incentive to remove them from our minds mm-hmm. because we are in denial mm-hmm. that those chains exist. Right. I hear you. Well, thank you so, so much I thank for you listening. You very much for taking my call. And absolutely, just call us anytime, okay? I love your input. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year. Take You're most care. welcome. All righty. That was excellent, some really great points there and that's the point you know when and we'll talk about um ADOS uh it's not to say that there are not some fine uh 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 principles in there but we can't stop at being slaves i mean why take on that's that would be uh just the most I don't know. I, I I don't know. I I don't understand that. I don't understand. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I don't understand that. But to take that on as a label when you are responsible for being the first humans that walk the face of the earth, how do you then just accept that? Okay. But anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, it is this conversation, but um, but we have Will on the line, so let's go with Will. Good evening and happy new year. Good evening to you. Yes. And good evening to the VON family. Thank you. Uh, on the subject, too, of uh, uh, whether we are Americans or if we say we're not Americans, we are dishonoring our foreparents who were enslaved. Well, I say this. Just like I would want to be connected to the L. Rookings or whatever they call themselves now, I would want to be connected to the disciple, gangster disciples or whatever they call themselves now. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I wouldn't want to be connected to the Egyptian corporates, if they're still in, in business, if whatever they call it. I wouldn't want to be connected to the vice lords, whatever they call themselves now. Mm-hmm. And this country, the government of this country, the rulers of this country, have slaughtered and destroyed more living things and black people mm-hmm. than all of them gangs that I put together. Mm-hmm. And they are still doing it. Why in the hell would I want to associate myself, marry myself to it? Mm-hmm. Why? It, is, it amazes me. I, look, it's like this. I can tell by me being an older man, 
I deal with older women. Mm-hmm. And older women most likely have been married. And you can tell if they're, if they're not with their husbands or have a divorce, you can tell if they are really out of the situation by if they have given that name back. As long as they got that name, his last name, they are still united with him. They are still connected with him. So I have to deal with them cautiously. Well, I think, ho, 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 let me just say something here. Sure. That whether you carry the name, if you've been married to someone for, you know, some years, and it doesn't really, I'm not going to give a specific number of years, but people are going to be connected period. Now, whether they are engaged in that, that, that existence in that daily life, then, you know, that's another thing, but I don't think a name in and of itself, uh, will say whether or not you are, uh, connected. I think marriage means to some degree, you are always on in some form of connection and not just married. You could not be married and have kids with folks, and so you don't have to carry the name, and you're still connected. So right. So, but mm-hmm. when you marry somebody and the woman changes her name into well, the husband's that just means name, that she's done. That is she verifying that she is no longer where she used to be, but she right. is a piece and a part of him. Right. And if she gives him that name back, right. that is verifying that I'm no longer a part of you. I am back to where I was before I met you and right. became a part of you. And okay. the same thing is... Is 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 true for us marrying this country mm-hmm. because I don't call myself an American because of the acts and the deeds and the evilness that this country has performed and is still doing. Doesn't mean that I'm dishonoring my my foreparents who were slaves. My father was born between 1897 and 1900. Mm-hmm. Let's just say he was born in 1900. Okay. If he was born in 1900, that's only 35 years after slavery was abolished on paper. Mm-hmm. So surely his parents lived more than 35 years, mm-hmm. which means that they were probably born slaves. Right. Now, why would I want to associate, why would I want to be hooked to a people that has treated my people that way, and I don't have to be? Sure, there are some things, since you are born here on this land, and most of us are too poor to go to California, let alone to some other country. Mm -hmm. Most of us can't afford a trip downtown twice a week. So we mm-hmm. definitely can't go to some other country. Okay. So we are stuck here. Well, please let me finish. We were stuck here. And since we are stuck here, that don't mean that we've got to give in to this thing totally. But I do understand about the damage that was done to us during our child enslavement period. It taught us to accept this. That's what we are doing now. We are becoming comfortable. We don't want to be free we don't want we don't want to get out from up under the rulership of these people. We want to stay under the rulership of the children of our ex and just like my grandparents were probably slaves on my father's side, some of these white folk grandparents were slaves were enslavers. And, and they still got and, that mindset. And some of and some white people have grandparents or parents not well I should say grandparents or great grandparents who were actually enslaved so again the blood runs cross culture okay so we're not just even though we're talking about 
black people, the conversation is from the perspective of a black person because, okay, that's who we are. Um, well, and again, let's be cautious. I'm going to be cautious about using black because personally, I uh, weeding, that out, weeding that out as an identity beyond it being a culture um, that you accept and that you live through, that can change. You can choose to follow a different culture, and people do it all the time. Um, but in terms of your ethnicity, in terms of the land, in terms of your origins, that you have no control over. Well, so, I didn't originate here since I am a no, part see, of the people that were here from the foundations of this thing. Uh, okay, I so, didn't originate here. No, no, no. You that's not either. what I said. That's, that's not what I said. Okay? So uh, when, it, when I talk about origins, I don't mean you as an individual. I'm talking about you in terms of ancestry. Okay? The people who have had to be together in order for you to exist goes back. Okay, it goes back generations. And when you go back generations, you're talking about going back generations and what land are you talking about originating from? Now, we can get into, you know, um, uh, biracial, which I don't know what that is because that means you're two races and there's not two races, you know. There's only one race, the human race, but in terms of by ethnicity, Okay, um, you can begin to split all of that up, and then it becomes this this major complicated tree, and so it's a hodgepodge of uh, who we are, uh, because many people had to exist in order for you to exist today. Okay, if but you, but 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 uh, uh, that that being so, but that doesn't make me uh, marry myself to a group or to a place that is as violent and as wicked and as uh, ungodly as this country is. Uh, you, you know, you said something very interesting about how, uh, or, or, or something about, how, I forgot how you put it, but let me tell you something. Daly knew that he was Irish, and he was born here. Mm -hmm. And he has all the privileges that, he can, that anybody can have here, but he still was connected to Ireland. Right. Uh, the girl know that he's Polish or whatever he is. All of them do that, but us. We are the only ones. They have cut us off in our minds right. from well, wherever well, 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 we, well, and they on. tell us we, we are limited to this. We, we hold can't on. go no hold further on, Will. This. Hold And on. if we try to go somewhere else, some of us among us would take attitudes of, oh, oh, I ain't lost nothing over there. I'm like, now nah, you lost your mind over there. Okay. They, they, destroyed, they have done such a magnificent job of destroying us mentally until we are just like the battered wife. I call it black people are suffering from <laughs> battered, battered wife, wife hey, uh, broken and, syndrome. And, huh? that, and, and, and that's real. But hold on, Will. Uh, listen, you said something there. You said they have us. See, I, I'm one to believe that if you can identify your problem, you can fix it. When you don't know what's wrong and there's no label, it's very difficult to fix it. But once you can identify the issue, you can begin to fix it. So if you're saying to me, and so this is, again, a part of the whole conversation here in terms of labels and really understanding what it is that you're saying. Nobody can keep it. Just like right now, if I'm telling you, okay, go Google such and such and such and read. Okay. You can research. The information is out there. 
Um, now, you said something as far as the conditioning, the conditioning of us accepting certain things, um, but at the same time, knowing that something is not right, then you have to take the time to do the research. So they, whoever the they are, have no power over you research and getting information and engaging yourself in a way to become learned about uh, what you need to know to lift you up. Now, that's not to uh, say that... May, you, may, may I say something? Yeah, let me just finish this. That's okay, not to let, say... Let, let me, me just say this, and I'm going to give you your, your, your minute. Um, that's not to say that just by learning or reading that that solves a problem, because then there's the process of engagement. And, of course, we all need to be moving in a similar direction. So, of course, you've got to collectively do this, but on an individual basis, nothing prevents you from finding out this information. So I I don't agree with the they keeping you from knowing certain things. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Yes, well, I never said that anybody was preventing anyone from learning anything. I did say that we have been mentally destroyed or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And we have, if we weren't not mentally destroyed, if we were not mentally disabled, we wouldn't do the things that we are doing to each other, and we wouldn't deal with those who are uh, 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 encroaching upon us the way that we do. But, but like I said, I, I, uh, you can listen to me and tell whether I have researched or whether I can read and write or not. I will not accept anything from this country that makes me want to tie myself to it to the degree I'm going to name myself after it because of the behavior of those who run this country. And those who run this country have not been, have not been mm-hmm. friends of the black community since they brought us here. Okay. So I refuse to buy into that madness. Okay. It's one thing to be born here. Yeah, you were, I was born on this piece of land. Right. And that's a fact. But that doesn't make me yield to the ways and I the edicts of this, of this country. That doesn't do that. And I don't call myself an American. Big part. Okay, I, I appreciate that. I have to take a break, but I appreciate what, you. what you're saying. Uh, one thing you may want to keep in mind is that, you know, as long as you feed, as long as you birth, as long as you um, grow and and work this land, to, you can't, you, you cannot curse the same land that you eat from. Okay, and so the land itself is not of the white man. You didn't make this land. And so we have to know the difference between the two. And so the fight is not over whether this land is the white man and and what he's done. Yes, there may have been rulers in this environment that that have created the social construct, but that's different from the land itself that we exist on. So I believe we need to take a break. And uh, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and uh, we're going to just wrap up. All right. Okay, so. Spirited. Yeah. Spirited. (laughs) And that's good. You know, I did not um, think that we would. And and actually, it's, it's better than I thought. You know, better than I thought. Yeah. And I think part of it is us just understanding that. You know, we have different uh, opinions and perspective. And I think coming to a place of understanding and being able to move forward starts with dialogue. You know, and I, I think that even at the end of the day, that sometimes we would still be 
in a place where we may disagree, but for the betterment of the whole, we may um, decide, okay, this is this is what we're looking at in order to make it happen. It's kind of like I uh, look at um, the, uh, the the presidential race. So, you know, to me, Biden may not be my candidate of the year, but if I look at the situation as a whole and look and say, okay, what's the best person that I think, okay, because it's my vote, so the best person I think that would be able to offset this, okay, this would be the person. Now, is that the person across the board who I think would make the best uh, uh, president going 2020 and beyond? Maybe not, but given the set of, uh, given the circumstances, and the set of options, this might be it. And that's where we have to understand sometimes we are. We're not going to get there because we're here today and, you know, next year we've jumped light years into in it and had the evolutionary process, you know, change over twofold in, in six months. No, that's not going to happen. We have to understand that it's all about increments. And some things are generational. Some things are just not going to happen within a generation. But it's about laying the foundation um, so that eventually we get there. And so some of the language that we were discussing, and it's funny because I was thinking, do we sit and try to go through 10 words and phrases in one show. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to put the information out there so at least I'm prepared. But I always felt like there probably will just be one or two words, and especially when we start talking about the black and white thing. Okay, that's probably going to take um, a whole show, and that's kind of what I thought, and that's about where we are. Um, pretty much the whole show on uh, black and white. We touched on black girl magic, and we'll we'll try to just give a little information on that. But I think we're going to try and reconstruct this a little bit so that it's a regular segment and we can bring this to bear because I think it's it's really so important. And and if we just consider the the, the listeners who have um, uh, had you, you know called in, just how varying the opinion and the positions are, uh, just multiply that by the hundreds and thousands of people um, when you consider uh, black people. Let's still go with black for all intents and purposes. Um, but again, as I said, you cannot impact one without it affecting the other. So although directly we're not talking about white people in terms of the conversation but we are talking about white people in terms of the solution because the so everybody has to be on board with the solution because if you're not if everyone's not on board with the solution then it's still going to be a battle okay so in understanding this this is uh, again my opinion uh, the approach that is taken uh, unless you're just go, going in and taking um, and then, again, that's still a fight. So what does that mean? It means, for starters, to start with as individuals it being responsible and accountable for our, our um, selves and understanding the words we use, the labels we accept for ourselves, and, um, and what that means. And when people put labels on you, 
it comes generally comes with the baggage and so when you fight the baggage sometimes you just have to fight and remove the labels in order to remove the um the baggage so so we've been talking about black and white and the social construct that has been placed on african americans african americans um and we know that we come from all places uh um we know that we are multicultural multi ethnic but again we're talking about how we're seen and how the world sees us and how we navigate and and move through that so we're going to continue talking and we're going to i guess next we'll we'll try to uh, slip some in a little next week but next week week you, you know we're talking politics we're talking with Dr um Dr Kate uh Floros and that's always interesting and exciting and with so much happening I, I guess you've seen this US strike on Baghdad yes. and that's that I don't even know what the fallout's going to be on that that's just what do you think this is just huge this is I don't know was that a mistake was that what they were going for that's crazy well, I don't think it was a mistake, but I I think it was a surprise more than anything. So uh, there will be retribution. Oh, absolutely! They're and tearing up the um, the U.S. embassy. Yeah, I I saw that the consulate was uh they set it on fire. I think part of it, and uh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. So okay, America. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. America. So, America. Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> but hey, it's it's home. Be it ever so humble. (laughs) (laughs) There's no place like home. Absolutely. So what do you think about the conversation? What do you think about? You know what? I think that, you know, uh, you should you should at least give people the remaining words that you have. Okay. uh, Because um, there are some words that, you know, we we teased it a lot last week. Mm -hmm. And I think that we we did cover a few of them, but I know you have a few more, right? Or or did you? Yeah, we talked. Well, we we have not. We uh, kind of touched on Black Girl Magic. Now, so let me let me give. Yeah, let me let me just tell you, Black Girl Magic by itself is a beautiful thing. I think for what it was meant is a beautiful thing. But it also one of the callers did mention. Um, I don't know if that was uh, Mr. Coleman. I think it was. But but the fact that you have to be so over the top in order for it to be considered uh, uh, breaking through. And okay, black people can do this too. But, you know, we do basic magical things every day. Just getting up out of the bed sometimes could be a black girl ma- being black, and that's pretty magic. That's, that's magical on you its know? own. Meeting your bills every month and being able to, you know. Uh, Have more uh, money than month. That's magic. You know what I'm saying? Those things are, are magic. And so we don't do this to white women to say, okay, they've done something. It's a standard. And so what I find what happens to us a lot of times, when we have to put black in the name, we automatically speak on the race of the thing. Not to the excellence, but to the race of the thing. And because it's not just regular magic, it's, it's black girl magic. And black girl magic, to me, when you're saying that, is not you're not saying something because it's just above and beyond. And then look at what we look at what we attach black girl magic to. We we attach black girl magic to people like uh, Simone Biles, 
uh, Venus and Serena, uh, Beyonce, you know, uh, 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 I don't know if you, Oprah is in there, but, but when we start talking about people like that, so, so we put the standard of just accomplishment in a place that, to me, these people, their magic has nothing to do with being black. Their magic has everything to do with just being dynamic black or white they could be white they could be asian they can be whatever it is that they are just what they're doing and we cancel out the responsibility that we have to the hard work the work that they put in so we say black girl magic like somehow you know we just been anointed this greatness of magical abilities and not understand that, no, these people have gotten up at 3 o'clock in the morning, have worked their butts off, they've sacrificed, they've done this, they've done that. They've had, they have people who invest in them, invest time, invest money. They have commitments. They, you know, all of these things. It's not just magic. This stuff doesn't happen by magic. It happens because people set their mind to it and they work hard. You know, they work hard and they sacrifice. And if we don't understand that that's what goes into it and we just push that off as black girl. No, it's not black girl magic. It's not black girl magic. But people get um, people get strained when you emphasize black girl. And exactly. that's that's the where right. that's girl. where the problem becomes. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that someone could have came out with white girl magic or Asian girl magic or Puerto Rican girl magic, and it would not have been a problem. But it seems to be a problem because now we're emphasizing more than anything that it's black girl magic. Are you talk? Are you emphasizing the black, or are you emphasizing the girl? No, I'm well. I'm emphasizing uh, the black. More than anything, because uh, uh, if it was anybody could have ever anybody could have came out with girl magic, whatever, just fill in the name, fill in the blank and just fill it in. But nobody did. But because black girl magic was created and it took off like it did, that every girl is identifying themselves as it and there's an empowerment behind it. Now it's a problem for America. You think so? I think so. When I when I first heard it, I I I felt the same way. I don't feel any different than what I felt um, when I first heard it. And I I I guess I always feel when you have to add black onto something like black awards or black this or black that, then the emphasis becomes the race rather than the excellence. And so the standard it always feels like you're grading on a curve because you've had to. You had to say black girl. And not yeah, just but every, yeah, but everyone else, but to everyone else, but the black people, mm-hmm. they identify with it being the black girl part. And the magic, the magic has been the same no matter who, the, what the ethnicity is. But because it's being emphasized with it being black girl magic, then that's, you know, that's where the, uh, the problem is. Now, I find it, I find it good to identify, to find something and identify with it and gather your strength from that phrase. I get it. I right, understand. Right. However, there's a threatening, there's a, uh, there seems to be a left outism going on that, okay, you're, you're focusing on black people and it, shouldn't everyone be magical? Shouldn't every girl be magical? I, I'm, that's not my stance, but that's the stance that you hear. Just like black lives matter. 
shouldn't all lives matter? Right. I mean, if black lives matter, shouldn't all lives matter? I mean, because everyone wants to be included on something that is taking off and become a, 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 a tsunami in the in the lyrical sense to say black lives matter. So, okay. so yeah, so when you say black lives matter and you say black girl magic, everyone wants to be included but because you're because you're focusing in on one ethnicity that becomes the problem okay and i and i feel that and the difference that i look at black lives matter versus say black girl magic is that black lives matter is talking to a specific set of circumstances okay in that uh the killing of black people is problematic and so you're talking you're you're identifying the problem and point it at the specific area of the problem it's not to say that all lives don't matter but because of the slaughter on black people when you say black lives matter you're talking about a specific target whereas on black girl magic are you really talking about a standard? Are you talking about uh, uh, specific people? Do you understand what I'm saying? You, because you. because are you are you saying to the lady that gets up and goes out to work is she is she a black girl magic or are you just talking? I don't see regular Jane. Well, I should say regular Shantae. And that's probably uh, uh, stereotypical. That's about as itself. black as you can get with <laughs> but, a black girl, yeah. But I'm just saying, but I don't see her being celebrated because she went out there and she went through 10 interviews and she finally got her little job and she's working her job and she's paying her way through school. Is she black girl magic? Or is it only black girl magic, the, 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 the Simone Biles, that you have to be so extraordinary that it's black girl magic? So that I guess that's that's where I find the problem that just like the strong black woman that that to me it's the same kind of thing the strong black woman that that begins to to put you in this corner that says that you always have to be strong that you always have to think of everybody before you even think of yourself that before you so it puts this un, undue unnecessary added burden that then uh, forces you to now have to conf- another thing that you have to conform to. So it's I mean that—that's kind of how that—that—that's I, I, again every you know. Hey, okay, we have a caller. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take Vin. All right, Vin. Hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Queen? Happy New Year and happy emancipation. <laughs> <laughs> and happy new year and you I'm, see how they put that happy emancipation I know, on the I was gonna say, and I'm glad you free too okay <laughs> yeah I mean I, that's really all I just wanted to call in and say because I done heard these conversations over and over again right. on different media outlets and it needs to continue but until we come into a decision that we actually going to start showing love between the black man and the black woman and our children mm-hmm. I just wish we would spend more time being kind to each other and just take the time to listen to each other because I just hear too much over talking, people cutting you off, don't really want to learn anything about you so that they can understand you mm-hmm. and share things about themselves so mm-hmm. that you can understand them. It mm-hmm. used to be that way, but the communication 
to me just sucks right now. <laughs> and I guess that's <laughs> that's an appropriate word. Okay. And and you and you're right. And I think uh, again, as I was saying, that the dialogue in terms of the specific words that we use, because these words come with a lot of passion. You know, I understand um, Papa Smurf saying about Black Girl Magic that that it's a positive. A reinforcement to rally around so as a young black girl to hear this you know it is uh something to to marvel but even as a young black girl if you know if you're seeing black girl magic as something that is woo this is way over here now i now this is another marker that you've given me that i have to reach because the black girl magic has to be so phenomenal whereas black girl magic is just getting up getting your hair did and i'm talking about your natural hair did go out go out and you know it you don't have to have hair done nails done everything done and all of that stuff and you're going out but just living your life you know, and so there's always this thing for black women, and I, I would presume even black men, that says that, you know, we have to really make sure that we put out there that spotlight that says, hey, we're good too. And that's how I always feel like it's always this, this affirmation that we have to have for other people, not for ourselves to just get up. Black girl magic or not, you know what? I, hey, I'm in my struggle and I face it every day and I deal with it every day and I don't need any accolades. I mean, accolades are nice, okay? Recognition is okay, okay? But we still do this and every day I perform black girl magic every day, you know? So I perform, I I perform <laughs> magic, period. You know what I'm saying? And I don't have to do no backflips and if I do, okay, that's even better. But that's not the standard. And that's all I'm saying that, that you know, we need to, uh, I'm not going to say what we need because I don't profess to speak for a whole nation of people. But, um, but yeah, that's my take on Black Girl Magic. It's a little more than that. It got, you know me, I'm going to always do some research, give you some facts and figures and stuff for you to look at. But we're going to continue this conversation. Van, thank you so much. I told you the meditation was working. I did do the yes. countdown. I was almost able to count all the way back from 100 to I, I did get down to around 12 before I had to kind of let my breath go and I needed to Beautiful. breathe. I needed to yeah. breathe. <laughs> yeah, me not so lucky. I went down to 97. So I was, what? you know. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> come on. Come on, Papa Smurf, man. 97. I had to let it go. <laughs> Somebody needs some practice. Okay? <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, sometimes increments is better than nothing. <laughs> and and I, really, really. <laughs> but I did. And like the first time I did, you know, I had to do the 10 and then breathe and then 10 and then breathe. And I, I kept practicing it. So I was really. Surprised. It didn't work too much for me because I was laying down my pillow top mattress. Oh no! And uh, I had a comforter oh, at the time. You know, at the, you know. <laughs> he, my, he obviously was, missed a few steps. <laughs> yeah. So you know, no one told me that I had to be sitting up. I had laid down smooth, flat <laughs> on the mattress. So you know, I'm a, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do better. Yeah. Okay. All righty. <laughs> I heard that. Anyway. Yeah, I'll take it. Huh? Uh, I was saying, anyway, for those who didn't know, no, you should be out of the bed, okay? At least, at, at right. least sitting I'm up. writing all this down. At I'm least, writing it down right now. sitting up. Okay? Out of the bed, right. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Vin. Thank you so much. And we're working on that. You know, we're working on that. So loving each other and being more kind, 
You know, I think yes. when, when 50 Cent posts on Twitter that that's his agenda to be more kind and use kind of word, then we all need to check ourselves, you know. If it gets Indeed. to that point, that we all need to check ourselves. So, But anyway, thank you so much, and, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. Likewise. All right. Take care. Well, this has been exciting. We have to see how we're going to work the rest of the words because we did have minority underserved. Oh, that's one. Oh, man. I got a whole page on that one. Underrepresented. Wealth gap. And the wealth gap does feed directly into that black and white construct. And it's the reason for the black and white construct. Um, Black Girl Magic, we talked about. That's kind of, you know, I mean, depending on how you take it, it's a good thing. But we also have to be careful labels that we put on that force us to have to live in a place that we have to conform to it rather than live in it and make it our own. And that's kind of one of those things. Reparations, enslaved, we'll even deal with um, ADOS. So we're going to have, we're going to, you know, I, w- I don't want to say have fun with it, but it'll be interesting. And and hopefully it changes the conversation. Hopefully it makes you stop and think and consider the words that you are using and um, and to have better, more productive conversations. And when we can do that, then I think we can begin to move forward in this whole process. But anyway, it's been a great Thursday. This is the first Thursday of the year, January. Go January. We've got five Thursdays in this month, so I'm excited. Hope you'll join me each uh, Thursday here at uh, at 9 p.m. Remember, next week it's Politics and Stuff with uh, Dr. Kate uh, Floros, and we're going to have an excellent time. I know, Papa Smurf, you're going to be joining in this one because uh, there's a lot to be said as we're moving forward. So thank you again for joining me. This is The Late Shift. I'm Anas Kelly. Happy New Year, and have a fantastic evening. Take care.